Welcome to episode three of Conversations with Candace King. Today I invite Enyo Agata, who is a self-taught abstract landscape artist based in Manchester, UK. She is passionate about her faith, justice, and using her creativity to bring healing to the broken. Painting has been a playful and healing form of expression for her, as it allows for a beautiful and restorative space to process life, pain, and how beautiful things can come from brokenness. Her art is deeply informed by her Christian faith and the healing that her relationship with God has brought through her years of mental health struggles. She uses the colors, textures, and movement found in nature and landscapes to explore our internal landscapes of emotions and being. You can find her work, her artwork, on Instagram at Lily and Bramble. Thanks so much, Enyo, for joining us today. Welcome Lillian Bramble, or otherwise known as Enyo Agata, to the podcast today. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. It's good to be yes, here. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. And I always want to start out with something that um, you're grateful for in this season of your life. Is there something you can share with us today? Um, yeah, I really feel like I have been in a season of um, blessings um the last few years have been fairly tough uh but um yeah just this last few months I've just been really blessed by um, really generous gifts from people um and um one of them has allowed me um to be able to afford to get a place on my own which includes a room that I can now have as a studio um which is amazing because um studio spaces are very expensive here so yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm going to be able to finally have a, a fully working studio from next week. Although I guess it wouldn't be fully working. It'll be an empty room. But yeah. How exciting but, is yeah, that? Really, so really more exciting. art to come for, from you. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I've been renting in a sort of smaller space and it's not been very conducive of uh, creativity <laughs> much. So, yeah, I'm really excited to just spread out and uh, be able to, yeah, explore what it looks like um, to be able to have that space. And even just like I can try different mediums that I've been restricted with, like oils maybe, because I'll actually have space for it to dry and aerate in the room. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. That is awesome. I worked out of a very small studio when I first started and it's challenging. It's very challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, are you yeah. doing work or are, are you doing artwork full time right now? Uh, no, I'm not. So that is the, the big dream. Um, but currently I am um, also working with a charity um, here in Manchester. It's called Barnabas um, Manchester and it's a homeless charity. We work um, to help and support those who are living on the street. Um, and our the aim really is just to bring hope to them and to be able to help them to um, you know get out from where they are now um, and help them to just find a permanent home um, but also to give them skills and um, help grow their confidence and even also with their faith as well because it's a Christian charity mm -hmm. so we engage with um, what it looks like to walk with Jesus um, and yeah so it's a wonderful job to get to do. And I just have to say, both you and I had applied at um, George Fox 
in yes, yes. year we both deferred i believe you deferred too um yeah but yeah, we, did. we didn't know this we would have been classmates and we met after the I fact know. so that's kind of an exciting little connection there. it's crazy <laughs> absolutely crazy like what a small world that i'm all the way over in manchester in the uk and <laughs> we still somehow Connected. managed to yep yeah so it was obviously meant Definitely to be a divine connection for sure i think Mm -hmm. So what is your role at the at Barnabas? Uh, uh, so my role at Barnabas is, um, it's called, it sounds very grand, but it really isn't, um, I'm the Dwell Project leader. Um, and so the Dwell Project is sort of the all-encompassing um, name that we've given to everything that's like Christian and outreach related that we okay. do. Um, so that could look like doing street outreach, um, where we're going out on the streets, meeting people that are rough sleeping, um, we're giving them food, we're giving them drinks, and we're offering prayer, um, and just sitting with them and listening to whatever they have on them, that, like their hearts that they want to share. Um, we also do uh, food service and all the other, these other things that meet their physical felt needs, um, but my sort of focus is really the spiritual side of it. Um, which is one of the things I really love about Barnabas is their like holistic approach to everything that it's not just got you're homeless because of a physical thing or because you couldn't handle your money well but actually there is a whole being and so we help the whole being um, and yeah I do a lot of work with them and sort of things like the alpha course which um, allows people to ask questions about God and about faith um, and really big questions like if God exists, why is there bad things in the world? Why do we have pain? Um, it's a really beautiful way of sitting together. We have a meal together and they just explore faith. Um, and then I also help and support the staff members there as well and the volunteers. And basically, I'm just like a walking full-time Christian. Um, <laughs> is what I tell people. So, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I love it. And I yeah. love that they approach the whole being. I think that's so important. Um, mm -hmm. So let's let's get back to art and then I want to come back to Barnabas because I know you have some stories yeah. there but for art who inspires you that is a good question um honestly I I love a lot of the big name people but I think the people that inspire me are the ones that are around me day to day um one of my if not my favorite artists is an artist called Laura Pedley um, I think you can find her at Laura Pedley Art on Instagram. Um, but she is an incredible woman. She's here in Manchester as well. Um, she's a mum of two young boys and um, she just has a way with um, blue, which is one of my favourite colours. She's a lot in her art, but also um, this juxtaposition. She plays with lines and structures, which um, sort of play on the whole architecture thing. And it's like this, this parallel between nature and really soft flowing lines and then the harsh, um, like strong lines, um, like these architectural lines and things. And it's, it's just beautiful, stunning work. And... Um, she's a dear friend of mine and just having seen her journey has really inspired me because um, she's, you know, broken out from a, a lot where she wasn't so secure and confident in what she was doing before. And um, she she left her job that she'd been in to take care of her kids um, when she gave birth to them and then just had this desire to paint again because um, that's something she'd been doing before. Um, and then now she's making a career out of it and she um, gets to interplay with 
you know what this relationship with her children looks like and how that plays in with her work and she's just very transparent about you know the the difficulties sometimes when you want something really badly but then something else in your life is pulling you so you know having two young toddlers at home all the Mm -hmm. time um means that she doesn't get to paint as much as she wants to but actually she's able to really use the time that she does have and has created some of the most beautiful art I've ever seen wow I will um, definitely check her out thank you for sharing that yeah I I highly love her a lot um (laughs) so yeah and then yeah I think um funnily enough um I get really inspired by like other mediums so I love pottery um I love woodwork um I just love seeing creativity so um yeah there's a whole bunch of people but yeah I think that's probably what inspires me and then other than that nature like going outside and seeing water a body of water does something to my soul um like a tree just caught in the right light it again um really inspires me nature is such a powerful inspiration for me too i and i see it Mm -hmm. in your work so it's 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 just wonderful to have that Mm -hmm. accessible to us at any time yeah so um when did you start creating art well (laughs) um uh, I've been reading uh, Madeline Engel's Walking I think uh, it could be, according to her anyway, that's arguably always. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> and you're just really quick, um, what was the book you're reading? Oh, it cut out for a second there. Uh, oh, I said Walking on Water by Madeline okay. Engel. I think I'm saying her last name right. Um, uh, beautiful book. I'm still going through it, so I haven't finished it. But just, you know, one of those books where you just, like, I'm a highlighter anyway when I read so I'm like going through it like and then basically the entire page is highlighted um but it's just stunning and it speaks directly to my soul of um you know being an artist really is just doing what God created you to do fully and um you know I've always had this like when you hear a certain singer they don't have to be Christian or anything but when they're performing and it's just beautiful and they're coming into the fullness of who they are meant to be um and it feels like worship to me um so she really talks about that interplay of what art and worship and creativity is um but yeah I I think I've always been very creative I have written for as long as I can remember and um love music as well and play music and sing Um, But art was actually something that I discovered later on in life. Um, I wasn't naturally a good drawer. um, So I think that's how it's the right word. Um, Yes, I I couldn't draw, uh, basically. So I just said that I couldn't do it. Um, But in year, I think, nine or ten here, so I will have been um, maybe 13 or 14, um, I had an incredible um, art Mm. teacher. Uh, he just blew me away and I was I was enthralled by everything he did um and I just I'm a bit of a teacher's pet slash dork <laughs> so uh <laughs> when I get really fascinated by things I like obsess over them so he would like draw and I would sit like next to him and watch how he held his pencil and like watch how he like did certain strokes and shaded and took note of all of it and then I would literally stand um he'd put like the example artwork up on the wall 
and my friends would be sat at the table and I would pull my chair up to the wall and put my art up and like copy oh, it I basically um, <laughs> uh, that's how I learned to draw um, and then from there I realized actually I can do this um, you know um, and yeah I just grew a real love for it and painting and it just gave me a very different expression because most of everything else that I, I have explored before that was very words based and I love words but they do sometimes have a limit and especially when you're engaging in emotion which is kind of where I'm at now with more of the abstract work that I do um it's hard to find words you know to explain certain things and so art just gives you this really beautiful um space to explore you know something that you can't tangibly express so yeah but I think probably around 13 and 14 that's when I started doing traditional art what did your family think about your artwork what was what was your experience with wanting to pursue that um, passion mm. yeah so I think they've always been really supportive of the art itself um very much have always encouraged me um in it and always you know put it up wherever I brought stuff in or like love to show it to people um but I think also I'm so I'm Nigerian for context um and there's this running joke in our community that the we have three careers um as Nigerians we can be a doctor a lawyer or an engineer um but basically that's that's it um and so um which ultimately comes down from this place of wanting your children to have security and jobs and finances and those are things that generally speaking will always provide that security like people will always need a doctor so there's always going to be work um kind of the mentality behind it but it does mean that you're driven or at least in my household I was driven to excellence and to higher education and really the creative stuff was fun um but it was never the goal um or the focus um so yeah kind of when it came to choosing for my exams and things um there was very much a heavier leaning towards me dropping more of the creative things because I also used to do drama um as well um but yeah just dropping that kind of thing because I needed to make more room for the more traditional study kind of things so yeah that was um I don't think at the time I really engaged with it because I think you growing up just know that those are your options right exactly. <laughs> so, you know um if anything I flip-flopped a lot because I was like oh I'll be a doctor because I love children and I was like I want to be a pediatrician um I want to help the kids and and then I was like actually I hate science okay. so <laughs> uh, you know I'll do humanitarian stuff so then I went down the law route and um, that's what I studied at university and um but yeah so but then me coming now closer to the last few years and actually making that transition to art I guess they were a lot more receptive of it um because people wanted my art people were selling and um sorry I was selling people were buying it and um but also I think I had already sort of made the shift away from um, the traditional route in the sense of I wasn't a lawyer I was doing ministry full-time um, so I guess me making that decision kind of took the brunt of the mm -hmm. um head that could have happened um so by the time I was like oh by the way I'm also <laughs> painting it was like oh cool. 
<laughs> Great. How, how did that occur, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so, yes, I actually, funnily enough, um, it was pretty early on in my degree that I realized that corporate law just wasn't for me. Um, and so I started to explore what humanitarian laws looked like. And that was kind of the path in my mind that I was going to go in because obviously I was definitely going to be a lawyer mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Um, but then um, just with my walk with um, Jesus and um, as I grew and developed, I've always had a heart really to um, to tell people about the Lord, but also I want them to live wholeheartedly and to, I just love walking with people, I think. Um, so, um, and, and being there as a support and a guide when they're, exploring and I just kept finding in relationships that I had people the questions and the conversations I was having with them would always lead back to Jesus mm -hmm. somehow um and they'd be asking some really intense questions but you know like one of my closest friendships um was with a guy um during uni was with a guy who um uh, played guitar for me when I was doing like gigging a lot around Manchester um, and he's an atheist and just like the complete opposite of me studies physics is insanely intelligent and um and on paper we really and truly should not even it just doesn't make sense of a friendship um but honestly we had some of the most challenging conversations I've ever had but also the most beautiful conversations and I remember one in particular where um we kind of were talking about some topic or another and it became very evident to us that we just could not meet like in the middle that you know we both believed fundamentally two very right. different things and, you know you walk away from a conversation and you're like well this may or may not be the end of this friendship <laughs> uh, you know because it just was very tense um but in my heart as he he left like not straight away but later on um left and in my heart I was just like you know honestly I don't feel offended like I just I still love him and it's fine like we'll figure it out and we'll just we don't have to meet in the middle um and he must have been thinking the same thing because he was walking down the stairs and then he just sent me a text and said hey um you know I just want to say that I, even though we completely believe different things um I really respect your um where you come from and I I know that you really believe what you're saying um and I know that 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 even though we're saying different things that actually you're not judging me and that there's love in what you're saying um and I just thought that was just really beautiful that we could have those conversations um so yeah that's a really long way of me saying um, <laughs> I just have a pastoral heart um I think and so yeah through uni I was really involved with church um and I did tell myself I would never do full-time ministry because it just seemed like <laughs> a lot of stress um, um but then yeah just God just was gently working in me and led me to it eventually and it was a scary move to make because you know I was living or I'm living as a missionary so I'm self-funding and all of what that means I don't get a paid wage or anything from it but um and comparatively I could have been on a lawyer's mm -hmm. wage <laughs> so, so you know it wasn't an easy decision to make but I really truly believe that um 
Jesus really loves people and revealing who he is, not who we think he is or the caricature we make of him or of church, but, you know, the real Jesus, the kind Jesus who saw the one person in the crowd who um, walked slowly with his friends and had dinner with strangers. Um, That Jesus, I wanted to be able to share him with other people. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so going back to, um, your ministry at Barnabas, Mm -hmm. what are some of the most amazing things you've seen or experienced there with the population Mm -hmm. that you work with? Mm -hmm. Um, honestly, I, I've been working there for quite a few years now, so I've got a lot of stories. Um, and it, it really, like, we've seen some real miraculous things that have happened. Um, and then there's just the really beautiful day-to-day things as well. Um, the shifts in people's hearts and characters, um, people that have come to faith just um, through this relationship, which honestly, I think... Um, I can't remember who said it, but there's a quote that someone said about um, that the gospel moves at the speed of relationship. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and um, I wish I'd prepared that earlier and had the reference. But, no um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's something that's always stayed with me since I, I read it or heard it because it's so true. And I, I find it every day at work, it's true. Um, we've had people that I work with that are staff um, or volunteers that had no faith at all. And then just over the years of seeing how we live out what a Christian life and walk is, um, they've been really compelled by it and moved and asked questions about Jesus and then eventually given their lives to him. So um, I think things like that are amazing to me that I could just, I don't have to have a direct, you know, do you know Jesus yeah. conversation? Um, I can just be me, be loving, be kind, be non-judgmental, carry peace. Um, Actually, that's something that is huge, that uh, knowing that the spirit of peace that lives in me really affects the atmosphere and it it impacts people when they're with me. Um, But one of my sort of high um, highlights, if you will, um, was with one of our friends, um that um lived on the streets at the time um and he had been um coming to Barnabas for many many years I hadn't personally met him um before this incident um but yeah he was known by one of the other members of staff there and so one day um every week sorry we do this um like informal service where we make space for people uh, who want to come and engage with Christianity there they may already have faith or they may just be curious about it or they just want somewhere warm to sit for a while um but we just open the door and they come in and basically we do some worship a few songs um a, a minister or pastor from a church across Manchester will come and they'll share a short message and then um then they then will sort of hand it over and there's discussion we have time for prayer it's just a really like nice soft way to enter into what church might look like um and so we do this every week 
and uh, one of these sessions uh, we were running it and honestly it had been one of the worst days like just you know where everything just goes wrong and you are tired and you're exhausted um, and um, I was down to do worship that week and honestly just like was leaving work, my work at the time and just did not have the strength or will in me but I'm one of those people if I've made a commitment I'll just have to do it like I can't not show up um so I dragged myself over um only to find that the other two guys that were meant to be serving that week also the the pastor and then um my now manager um were also having bad days um so we're all sort of just like we'll do this we're gonna do it for the guys and it's gonna be great um trying to amp ourselves up and then we start and um, usually at this point we had sort of a small community of people that came every week regularly um, but for some reason none of them turned up <laughs> so we're like cool great why are we here again <laughs> nobody's here we're all tired um, but I think Neil my manager was like you know what let's just do worship and even if all this is is just the time for us to do worship it will have been worth it and so um so I start playing the guitar and I'm worshipping and then someone comes in through the door um, and I sort of look up. I don't really know who they are. So I'm just keep playing. But I can distinctly from Neil's face, I can see that he's very excited, like his face is just really animated and he's having a chat with this guy that's walked in. Um, anyway, we're going through the session. I finish worship um, and then uh, the pastor that was there at the time, Ben, he sort of says well you know I, I had this whole like talk and sermon planned but seeing as there's literally only four of us in the room um I feel like I I want to change it up a little bit and so he asked us to sit in a circle this was all before Covid so we were able to you know be next yeah. to each other um and so he, we sit in this small circle and he leads us through a meditative prayer um where basically we imagine ourselves in a safe place um and then when we're in that safe place jesus comes to us and he gives us a gift um and then we sort of shared what was in each of our gifts um and it gets to our um this guy's um turn and he sort of says you know when i was imagining my safe place it was a motorbike um, which for me is not a safe place um, but <laughs> for him definitely was and so he um, and he said as I imagined it I actually heard the sound like audibly heard the sound of a motorbike go past um, but our door at the time the front door was closed um, and I don't think any of the rest of us had heard anything so he just heard that in his spirit or whatever um, and then he'd uh, imagined Jesus and Jesus gave him a box and in the box was um, peace and so we asked him, you know, what, why do you think Jesus gave you this gift of peace? Um, and he then begins to share with us that he'd uh, a few months beforehand been diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer. Um, and so he was told that he would not live beyond Christmas. And we were meeting uh, the, I think it was the start of October or end of September time. So kind of around now. Um, and um, and so he had only a few months left to live. And so obviously this was weighing really heavily on him. Um, and so we were really just, I mean, I was just blessed that he would share something like that with strangers. Right. Um, and we, we, we prayed for him, prayed for peace. Um, and I, um, I mean, 
I'm definitely a believer in the supernatural and that God heals and all of that stuff. But also when you're told someone has terminal cancer and is going to die in a few months, the first thing on my mind isn't necessarily, yes, let's pray for yeah. healing. Um, so, um, but I, I really felt that I should um, in my spirit. And so I, I prayed a, a sort of short prayer, um, but mostly I was just praying that whatever God's will, that he would experience this peace that God, Jesus had given him. Um, anyway, he sort of says he's starting to feel a bit wheezy and needs to lie down. So he rushes off and leaves and we kind of end the session there. Um, and then a couple of days later, I get an email, um, through from Neil, um, and he says, oh, um, such and such came back in, um, to the beacon. And he, uh, told us that he, when he'd left, he'd been feeling, uh, really like woozy and he'd actually ended up um um passing something sorry this is kind of explicit (laughs) Um, (laughs) but basically he passed something and it freaked him out and so he went to the hospital um and they did a few scans on him and he and basically had found that his cancer had actually reduced um I think by 30 percent or something like that um and so Neil was just really excited and blown away but on top of all of this he'd been even more excited because uh this guy that had come in was someone that is a sort of known atheist in Barnabas he's it's a Christian charity they offer to pray all the time and he's like no I don't want any of that don't talk to me about God none of it um and so the reason Neil had been really excited when he'd walked in was because he was just like why would you be here like you know this happens every week at this time um and you you've never engaged with anything that we've tried to do before so why would you now um and then he'd spoken to um, our friend and he basically said that he'd been walking in the complete opposite direction to our building um but then just felt something in him say to turn around and to come to Barnabas um and for whatever reason he listened turned around came back and by the time he got to the building he was exhausted and so he needed to sit down and have a rest and that's why he ended up sitting through the whole of the god slot um service and experiencing what he experienced um but yeah so basically that was the beginning then of the next few months of continual prayer with him um for healing and progressively his cancer kept reducing and reducing um and i think it had gone to about 70 percent reduced it was almost christmas um we were kind of rounding up for the year um and i have a feeling it was actually the service that we do for christmas every year and he came in and um yeah i had spoke to him again asked how he was doing and he basically said you know the doctors have given me you know they're, they're really happy with what's happening um, but honestly, I don't really believe them. He was just very confused in his mind, as you would right. be um, if you were told you were going to die. And then now your cancer's changed. And um, and so he was really just battling what was happening in his heart, didn't understand it. But at the same time, knew that something powerful was happening. He started to invite his friends, would tell them, you know, I don't really get what this prayer stuff is, but really, I think you need it because there's something like really amazing that happens when they pray. Um, so he was bringing people, but still not able to really, I think because he'd been an atheist for so long, to really comprehend that God may actually mm-hmm. exist. Um, so we were chatting and I just felt in my spirit um to say something which is really bold for me I wouldn't necessarily always say something like this but 
um, I just felt like God was saying that one of the reasons that he was experiencing this blockage from this completely God was healing him um, every week he was coming back with a good report um, but something was stopping it from being fully healed and I really felt like it was actually in him the battle inside his own mind of um, whether or not God existed and whether or not it was God that was working in him but then also just the battle of you know I'm meant to die why haven't I you know that that very human real pain um and so I found myself saying to him look I'm gonna pray something that feels really bold but I really feel like God wants to heal you completely um but I think that it's this this battle that you're having within you that's blocking it and so I'm gonna pray that uh that by the next time I see you that you're gonna be completely healed and if I if that happens then you're gonna have to at the very least accept that God has moved in your life and then whatever you do after that that's up to you but to acknowledge that God is real and he is moving in you um so I prayed it he laughed and I was like yeah I may not have made a huge mistake um so anyway Christmas happens New Year comes um everybody's going back to work I had an extra week off and so I'm off and then I got a text message from Neil um who's my manager there and he is really excited and he says you'll never guess who came into the beacon today and I'm like who and then he says this guy's name and he's and I'm like wait what because obviously he was told he was gonna um you know die before Christmas and so this is new year in January so I'm just blown away by that in itself like he's alive praise mm-hmm. Jesus um but then um then he says you know he told me that he's been to the doctor and he's been given the all clear that his cancer is fully gone and I just was like I can't even describe to you um tears and shock and all of it and I just said to him Neil do you I just had I told him that the next time I see him he is going to be fully healed and now literally the next time I see him he is fully healed how incredible how amazing um and yeah so that's that's that is probably one of those like you know earth-shaking moments um where even for me who I know God is real still it it blows my mind that something like that can happen that someone can be told you're gonna die and god in a moment says no and heals him he's still alive today and he's well and he's uh, been engaging really well with the service he's not on the streets anymore um yeah it's been a really beautiful redemptive story and just he's been restored and it's it's wonderful yeah 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 that's not an everyday thing but um (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's so incredible to hear those stories and I know that's not always the case for everybody um mm-hmm. and sometimes we just can't explain those other those other sides um but yeah. how how does all of this work that you're doing uh, inform your artwork mm-hmm. um I think it helps me to stay in the place of tension really well. Um, This tension of pain, but beauty, Um, attention where I see people with all kinds of issues, um, some real deep wounds and mental health problems, um, addictions, 
but they're also some of the most beautiful people I've ever met um and um for myself having struggled with my own mental health for years um it it reminds me that God is still continually working in our lives even in the midst of pain and tragedy um because I mean you know you could see them and think well they've been fully abandoned by God um they're stuck on the streets with nothing but actually they're some of the most hopeful people I've ever met they have this um resilience about them that they just keep going I mean if it was me <laughs> lord knows I would be like I'm done take me now do this I cannot do this for a single thing Um, but they have this resilience about them and um, yeah it's really beautiful and I think out of that place um, it really informs my art I I see so many very real emotions that are very complex um, and in my art I get to express that but then also I have always felt like art is a healing Mm -hmm. thing Um, it's it's like balm to the wounded soul and so I have been able to incorporate art even in um, Barnabas in the space that we have Um, they asked me to paint a mural um, a year and a bit ago maybe two years now um, in one of the rooms there and I've seen how that's impacted that space how that's lifted it and it's elevated it from just this dark room Um, to something that carries beauty and brings peace and um, I've heard time and time again from people whether they're volunteers or staff or um, any of our friends that go down there um, that they have felt this peace come over them in that room that they feel hopeful um, because of the art that it's lifted their mood or um, brightened their day and I think that's a really wonderful thing as an artist to be able to give people that um they're not just looking at this you know still painting but actually it's it's releasing healing to them it's releasing life to them um and so yeah that's something I really I I love um to that I can sort of bring those two worlds together and even when I'm not physically there um that this painting which is a piece of me um you know it stays there and it, it I really do believe that it it itself carries peace mm-hmm. um because that's what I was praying as I was painting right. it um so yeah um I think it's a really beautiful thing and honestly even talking about it I'm feeling somewhat yeah. emotional <laughs> um thinking about it but yeah I just think you know their lives um are so wonderful and so they have so much worth and value but they themselves may not Mm -hmm. see it and actually being able to slow down enough to walk with them and talk with them and be consistently there for them um has been such a wonderful thing because it has meant that they've opened themselves Mm -hmm. to me um in a way that maybe they wouldn't otherwise and as a result um yeah, I think I'm bringing colour in a way um, that they may not necessarily see on an everyday today. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah. The work you're doing is so beautiful. You're such a beautiful person. I'm so thankful that I got to 
chat with you today. I wanted to ask you one last question before we part our ways. Mm -hmm. um, if you had advice mm -hmm. to artists right now or um, Christians or non-Christians or what, like final words, what would you want to say to the audience today? questions. I think for me, the last few years has been, and I'm nowhere near, you know, fully perfected it or anything like it, but slowing down, um, I think, honestly, if there's been any form of blessing that has come from COVID and this lockdown and all of that, it is that we have been forced yes. to slow down. Um, and I think for your creative practice, for your general life, for faith, um, to walk the way of Jesus, I think it requires you to walk slowly um, and to be able to notice things. And I think even as an artist, you know, if I'm rushing by, I don't see the light flickering through the trees or the certain way that the water moves, you know, beautifully that, that stirs my soul. I just, I just miss those moments because I'm too busy. Um, and also the conversations that I have with people that leave me feeling alive and lead me to want to paint because I've just had this beautiful life-giving um, moment with someone. And I think being slow enough to be present to every moment is something that I desperately want for my own life, um, but I think is a gift that the Lord has for each and every single person if they're willing to engage themselves in it and it comes at a cost you know it means you can't do as much as you used to or um you have to be specific with your boundaries and your time and all of that um but also I think it's so worth it and I know the difference for me creatively when I've slowed down um and maybe I didn't even pick up a paintbrush that day, but I was slow enough to decide mm -hmm. to go for a walk and take mm -hmm. my camera with me. And I captured some really beautiful moments outside. Um, and then a few days later, I painted something amazing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I know the difference of that from the days where I'm like sat at my computer all day trying to answer all the emails and be on top of social media and, you know, be present online and all of that stuff. And then actually I've not even there's not even an inkling of creativity coming from right, my bones right. <laughs> you I know you're speaking um, you're speaking straight to creatives hearts and people in general not just creative mm -hmm. people but mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah and just knowing that there's grace like if today is the day that you wake up and actually you need to lie down for like an hour longer let yeah. it be you know um because actually I know the cost for my own um you know walk with my health and mental health and depression and anxiety and things like that that if I push my body beyond what it wants or needs um I may be okay to go for a week I may be okay to go for a couple months maybe even years but eventually the impact of that is something that I can't you know take right. back um for me that's had a real impact I I lost a lot of my memory and my capacity to hold memory and it's one of the most frustrating things you could tell me something and five minutes later I've forgotten it you know and it's really painful to live with that every day knowing that the impact of you know me not taking care of myself me not slowing down enough 
and listening to my body and my emotions um that that meant that actually I just can't function in the same way I used to um and so yeah I think my advice my last tidbit would be slow well down, down. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Enya, so much. And again, you can find um, her beautiful work at Lillian Bramble on Instagram. And actually, before we go, really quickly, will you tell me, I did a little bit of it in the intro to our um, talk here, but what is this, the, what is Lillian Bramble's, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Represent. Okay, so, um... <laughs> So yes, my name is not Lily. Um, <laughs> um, I actually just made a post about this um, the other day because yeah, I still get asked like people still think my name is Lily. Um, I didn't at the time realize it'd be that confusing, but uh, yeah. So Lillian Bramble comes from one of my favorite passages. It's in Song of Songs two verse two, um, and it's which is a book of love songs basically um and um I like to think of it as like Jesus talking to me as his bride and so um he's saying um you are as lovely to me um as a lily amongst brambles and that for me poetry is something that just stirs my soul so deeply um and it just resonates so true for me um that the Lord sees me as lovely even amongst all the ugly, painful, broken parts of myself that I I may see more than I see the lovely bits. Um, and for me at the time when I started painting, um, I started painting because I was having a breakdown. My mind was not functioning and I needed an outlet and writing wasn't something I could do anymore at that time. Um, and I needed something that let me play and let me explore and let me be and breathe. And so um, and so I started painting and it was healing for me. And so I think even just the metaphor of um, or juxtaposition of, you know, something really beautiful came from my brokenness, came from the hard brambles of my life, um, that this art that was healing and beauty for me. Um, that that came forth and so yeah that's Lillian Bramble that's I where have that came chills from. on my but, yeah. skin <laughs> oh this has been such a oh, great conversation yeah. and again thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to continue our friendship me. via technology yes. and maybe cool. even someday in Portland Oregon yeah. in Portland <laughs> I know on campus all right Imagine. thank you so much Danielle yeah okay. thank you so much for having me it's okay. been such a joy so good to talk I'll talk to yeah. you soon. Bye. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to Conversations with Candace King. I hope you enjoyed today's episode.